0: sales is the most lucrative skill in the world, period. The problem is most sales advice out there today is outdated, cheesy, and can even keep you from getting the deals that can make all the difference in your career. This is the No BS Sales School, a podcast for entrepreneurs and salespeople who want to master the skill of selling without all the BS. One of the cool things about having a podcast, I think I've had this thing for three years. I just, this should be like around my 200th episode, which is kind of neat. That's a big milestone for me. And one of the cool thing is people start kind of reaching out. And so I've been getting some emails from people. I've been doing that for a while, but getting more and more, which is great. I get to hear from you guys what you're learning. You got questions. And I got a question from a guy today, a young guy. Um, said he was 24 and he was just starting in the... Um, Insurance business. They've been doing it for about a year, and he was still struggling. and And I totally get that. It's funny they talk about the insurance business, the property and casualty insurance business, especially is the one of the hardest ways to make thirty thousand dollars a year. And one of the easiest ways to make three hundred thousand dollars a year, right? It takes a long time to get started, but if your comp plan is right and and you work hard, you can build a book you can just ride after a while. You know, as, long as things go your way, you work hard at it. So his question to me. He's described a situation and he said, how do you get over a sale that you thought you were going to win, but the last minute you lost it? I thought, well, shit, that's a pretty good universal question. How many people, how many of y'all in the audience right now are saying to yourself, yep, that's happened to me before. If you've never lost a sale that you were sure you were going to win and it didn't break your heart, you haven't been in sales very long or you're not doing anything, right? It happens to all of us. So his question was, what do I do next? What do I do next? Which was, a, I reached out. He sent me his phone number, so I reached out and called him. And the conversation we had was kind of interesting. I thought it was. He described it. He said, this was somebody I got referred to. We had a nice conversation. It's a business owner. Um, They had another agent um, that he wasn't satisfied with. He told me he wasn't satisfied with him. And um, so they went out and they got a quote, um, this this young man got a quote from his insurance companies that came back and the quote was very similar to the one they had and they got stuck with who he knew. So how many times think that's happened, right? It's, it is so hard for people to change. And I, when I was talking to him, I said, we can talk about this one instance and what you can do. What I would suggest you do. And I talk to you about this all the time. If you lose a sale and it hurts, have a two-minute funeral. Go wherever you need to go to be by yourself and in your car or wherever else. And if you want to scream and cry and beat the, beat the um, steering wheel and bitch and moan and whine for two minutes, go do it. Get it out of the way. Let it go. Bury it. And then move on. I lost a sale. I don't know, 30 years ago, big sale and commercial real estate business. I worked on it for months and months and months and months and months and months and months. And a day before, maybe it was a week before it was supposed to close. And the commission, to me was like 80 grand. It's a nice deal for me. I think I was like 26. But it disappeared too. And so I stomped around, kicked the carpet, bitched, whined, complained, made excuses, slept in, got drunk. For about six months. So not only did I lose the $80,000 commission sale, but I also lost six months of prospecting time because I was too bitter, too mad, too excuse making, blaming everybody else to get back on my damn horse and ride. So I was talking to this, talking to this guy on the phone and I said, here's the thing. Whenever you lose a deal that you were counting on, And it ruins your day. And it is tempting to ruin your week or more. The problem was not with that deal. The problem is usually with your pipeline. The problem is you don't have enough going on. And how many times, and it's normal, right? We get a big deal you're working on and it's fun. It's exciting. And gosh, if this one only closes, I'll be fine. Or sometimes you got three deals you're working on. Boy, if one of these closes, I'll be fine. And then... One doesn't close and the next one doesn't close and the next one doesn't close. And then you know, have shit. So I was, when I was talking to him, I said, let's think about how many sales meetings, how many prospecting meetings do you have coming up? Like in the next two weeks, he said, one, I said, "Hmm. do you know why I think that'd be a problem? He said, yeah. And I said, right now you're out of business. You lost the one sale you were counting on. You are out of fricking business the only way you're going to get in business is to start getting in front of more people, is to go get in front, go set more sales appointments. And I said, and here's what I want you to think about. Don't go into those sales appointments to go sell people stuff. You're doing it wrong. Go into those sales appointments with the idea that you are going to learn. I'm going to go into these sales. I told him, go into these sales calls. and have. In his business, right, he's kicking out an incumbent. In order for you to get hired in that business, you got to get somebody else fired. I said, so honestly, I said, maybe too to do what you got to do. But when you're on your game, not yet, maybe. Maybe it's in a year. Maybe it's soon enough. I don't know. Maybe you can start now. Don't get in the damn quote business. Ultimately, I want you to be, go out. And if you can't get business on a broker record letter, you don't want it. Don't win by being cheapest. But I said, go get in front of people. And go ask who they're using for insurance now, whoever they pick, whoever they say. Say, that's awesome. That's a great company. That's a great agent, whatever it is. And say that with enthusiasm. Even though they're your worst competitor, the ones you hate the most. I don't give a damn if it's, you know, crappycompetitor.com is who they're buying from. Congratulate them. Say, hey, listen, good choice. They're a great company. Say that with enthusiasm like you mean it. Why in the world, Walker, why would I, I know what you're thinking, why the hell would I tell my prospect that they made a great choice going with the other company? Well, the reality is they don't give a shit about your opinion anyway, unless you're agreeing with them. So if you agree with somebody that you're working with a competitor, you say, listen, great choice. What do you like about those guys? Well, I like that. You know, they're always here on time and that they bring me donuts and uh, they, you know, they're good. They give me the information I need on time. I want you to agree with that, too. You're right. You know what? They're known for that. They're an excellent competitor of ours. They're known for the way they treat customers, the way they get back to people. They're excellent at that. Agree with your prospect about what they like. Because who the hell are you to tell them they shouldn't like that? You're nobody. They don't give a shit about your opinion. And, I, you know, it's funny. There's a, there's a sales coach guy named Keenan who is world famous. And one of his big posts was, why the hell would you ask somebody what they like about the competitor? I'll tell you why. Because it's market intelligence. It also helps build your credibility. I don't want you to act like anybody else in the sales business. Anyone else they're talking to, congratulate them for picking the competitor. Tell them how smart they were and then ask them their opinions about why they did that. If they say, "I oh, like this and this and this, you say, great, what else? What else? What else? Until they say, no, that's about it. When they say that, you say, okay, great. Listen, makes sense. And then you flip it back around and you say, here's my guess. We're not perfect. I can't imagine those guys are perfect. If there were one thing you wish they could do better or differently, what would that be? Now listen to my words there, right? I'm asking a specific question. If there were one thing you wish they could do better or differently, what would that be? Not if there was anything they could do better, that's a general question. If there were one thing you wish they could do better or differently, what would that be? And then maybe they say, nothing. And you say, great, I didn't think so. I'll come back to that in a minute. But if they say, well, their, uh, their rates are too high. You say, well, hell, everybody says that. Never gonna be free, mine's too high too. If they say, I want you to deny that those things are problems. That sounds weird. Walker, why am I disagreeing with him now? Because I want us to downplay that stuff or be skeptical that it's really a problem. we will go back to that too. I want to be skeptical that that's really a problem. I want them to have to defend that. I'll say, that's no big deal. What else? So we get to something. If they got two or three things, they say, okay, this, what else, what else, what else? And then that's a place, once somebody's admitted a problem, then you can go and see if that problem is pain. If there's a personal compelling reason why they need to change to fix it. And just know that people don't have that on top of their mind. They don't like to think about the pain they have. And until they say it, until they say that it is a major problem with consequences that has impacts on them, personally, you got nothing. It's too hard to change. Be skeptical that those things are really problems. Even be skeptical when they try and convince you that it's problems. So think about, as you go into these meetings, I told this guy, go in there to learn, not to sell. Don't go to tell. Go to learn. Get inside and say, look, I feel no pressure to sell you anything. I just wonder if you'd spend 10 minutes with me. Let me ask you a couple of questions about your current insurance program, just so I can learn. And you know what? There'll be plenty of people who do that. Or just ask them, can we just have a business conversation Chances, I, I, chances are I'm not, I'm, I don't want to sell you anything. I feel no pressure to sell you anything. How about that? Those are even better words. And feel no pressure. Go to meet with people. And you know what? You will be so radically different than everybody else who's coming there telling them I can get you a cheaper rate and get you a better deal. Be honest. I don't know if I get it in cheaper or not. By the way, if you're thinking about it, you had to spend a dollar more than what you're paying right now. Why the hell would you do that? What would you have to believe about us or somebody else? And my guess is you can't think of a single reason. Challenge people because most of the time they're not going to change. And why the hell would we waste a lot of time with somebody who is not going to change? Don't do it. Be more skeptical. Ask better questions. And for God's sake, get more appointments. If the deal you just lost is crushing you and killing you, that's the problem with your pipeline. Set appointments, get in front of people, go learn what's going on. Be skeptical that it's a problem. Ask if they're open to outside advice if you find problems. Walker McKay with no BS sales. Things are good out there. There are lots of opportunities for those people that are still working. You be the guy that's still working and go kick your competitor's ass. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the OBS Sales School podcast. If you haven't already, please take one minute to write a quick review for the show. It really does make a huge difference. Also, subscribe to the show and please forward this episode to somebody else who needs to hear it. As a bonus for listening, I'm going to give you access to a free mini course, Seven Expensive Sales Mistakes You're Making and What You Can Do About It. Go to www.7salesmistakes.com and get access to the free mini course. That's the number seven, salesmistakes.com. Thanks again for listening to the OBS Sales School Podcast.